0: And we're back with Dr. Kim. Uh, let's get into what we were talking about before, which is how you started and got, got involved with Cornerstone Endodontics. You didn't start it, but
1: you kind of partnered with a guy from church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So um, about my—I was in my residency for about two and a half years, and he gave me a call. And he said, hey, what are your plans afterwards? And I said, you know, I really don't have any plans He said, you don't have any opportunities that you're considering or anything like that yet? And I'm like, no, not really. And he said, well, why don't you come back and join us? We'll make room for you. And at the time, he had uh, another uh, uh, business partner. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, let me talk to Pam and I'll uh, I'll get back with you. And we came up here, visited, uh, had dinner with them both. And uh, it just seemed like a really good fit. So we decided to come back and join his practice. what the uh,
0: what that look like? Did they give you a partnership automatically, or
1: did you have was it vested? Yeah. so that that portion of the business was uh, there was a little bit of sweat equity in it. yeah, but then eventually, after I got um, some recognition with the uh, referring doctors, and we started to see some favorable referring patterns uh, established. Um, then I went to the bank and I took out a loan and I bought in. Wow. Yeah. So
0: how, 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 how was that conversation with the wife? Uh, it was, was good fine. because I yeah. told
1: her, I said, look, this is, um, this is a part of something that, uh, we can be a part of, uh, that, uh, is going to help us across the board. Uh, we're, we are going to become, uh, partners with, uh, some dear friends of ours and, uh, you know, we're going to join a Christian practice and, mm. you know, all of those things. And yeah, she, she was like, do it, let's do it. So, so the it other two easy. owners, mm-hmm. Christian too, Yes. That makes mm-hmm. things a lot easier, yeah. I think. Yep. All right. So at the time uh, we had three business partners. We were all believers uh, and it was great because it's not our standard for practice. It's his. Mm-hmm. So the question is already answered in dentistry, like in all aspects of business, everywhere, there are things that you can do. You can cut corners if you want, and no one knows about it. Yes. Right? But yet, if it's his business, it's his standard going forward, that makes it easy. Mm. Yeah. So um, how long ago was that when you joined
0: that business? Yeah. So
1: I joined that, in, I joined Cornerstone in 04, and I've been there ever since. Oh, four. So then
0: over those many years, you've probably had some um, situations with, I mean, I don't know how it feels to have a business partner. I've Mm -hmm. always just been individual, but Mm -hmm. I've also seen flourishing businesses with partnerships. So Mm -hmm. do you have any
1: like do's or don'ts on
0: on that whole experience?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when it's his standard, it's a lot easier. I mean, you're not dealing with uh, other people's opinions on certain matters, uh, there's always a scriptural basis, I believe, for solving things. Right? The, don't get me wrong. There's been some challenges in our partnership. Uh, there have been, but we were able to solve these and address these biblically, and uh, you know, it, it was it was good. It was hmm. really good. Uh, we had that third partner. He went down with a disability. Okay, and there were some 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 issues with that. Um, that's all I can say is that, yeah, of course, and uh, but it was uh, uh, we have a pretty clear conscience of it because uh, we we you know it was really what grieved me through that breakup with our business partner, um, I thought that we were all mature enough to talk amongst ourselves, yeah, but yet he chose to hire a lawyer, and we had to do that too, and ah. Uh, that was still one of the things that I just, I don't know, disappointed in.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's uh, clear, pretty clear in the Bible, we're not supposed to really bring legal action against other believers. Right. But, you know, every situation is unique, and it's probably difficult if you're in a situation where you're um, disabled or you have some sort of condition going on. I can, Mm -hmm. yeah. But uh,
1: any others of of what do you? Yeah, so, you know, it's always when you do endodontics. There are certain times where uh, you don't achieve the the desired result, whether you uh, you have a technology failure where an instrument separates within the tooth, or you try your best, but yet something happened where it's not ideal. I've always just. Held to the notion of just be truthful, own it. So when I perf a tooth, when I accidentally get uh, squirrely inside a tooth, and uh, the, it's not an ideal result, I always write that in my letter, and I own it, and I say, and I write the letter back to the referring dentist. Hey, um, I, I struggled with this case, and this is why, and I tell him that, and or her that. And I've I've realized I did this early on in my career, and it's been good because as we have grown professionally with these referring doctors, they understand that you know not every case is going to be perfect. There are going to be times when you fall short of expectations, mm-hmm. but yet if you own it and you are truthful about it, uh, that just bodes well. I mean, God is glorified in that and. That's where I sleep at night, pretty well because of that.
0: Mm, I think that's that's such wisdom of um, I, I I call it the um, um, eat your feedback sandwich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but even fair enough, it's yeah. even owning owning the uh, owning your owning the results. I mean, yeah. you're the one doing it, so whatever result comes about us because of you're doing. Right, so we have to own it either way, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. And I think. Uh, from my, my opinion, I think pride always gets in the way of that. Oh, absolutely! Not, I mean, I, I can only imagine because uh, doctors tend to be, you know, very intelligent. And mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are basically doing God's work, mm-hmm. healing people. Mm-hmm. So I think for a lot of people, that will then give them a real sense of confidence, mm-hmm. which then sometimes turns into pride. Sure. it's like, hey, maybe I don't know, or maybe I, I, I screwed up here. Mm. But I think that's such wisdom on just being very transparent. I know that whoever's listening to this, there's not one person who wouldn't want a completely honest, transparent doctor. Absolutely. Yeah. Goodness. I mean, yeah. just give it to me. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so how many
1: partners do you guys have now? So um, that's the thing. At the height of, well, right before COVID, um, that really affected us. We were shut down for eight weeks, yeah, uh, because we couldn't find any kn ninety five masks because the entire world was looking for them. And we made it a uh, we made it a uh, we made a decision to where we're not gonna put our staff at risk. We're not gonna do that. So we shut down our business for eight weeks until we we. Uh, were able to get the masks and the proper PPE equipment. Um, those masks were 20 cents a piece before COVID. Afterwards, they were 350 a piece. Mm. And the minimum quantity that we had to buy was 4000. <laughs> <laughs> so we wrote a check of uh, I say about 14,000, yeah. 16,000 to a guy that said, that told us that our masks were on a boat on the way here. We had no idea. I didn't know this guy from Adam two months ago because all of our um, sources, they just didn't have them. So this is what we had to do. So anyway, that got us thinking of what what are we going to do? I mean, this is something that, you know, we were shut down because of, it wasn't our decision to walk away and shut down for eight weeks. It was someone else's. Yep. That was you know, sources beyond our control were mm-hmm. in play here. So then that began a conversation between all of us as to, okay, so what do we need to do? What's our what's our exit strategy? What you know? What happens if there's another? Um, Another version of COVID that comes down—that's going to be—you know what? What are we going to do? We have to yeah. have a plan. So then we started talking about our exit plan and our exit strategy, and you know the the trend now in dentistry is um, uh, DSOs, dental service organizations, yeah. acquiring smaller offices, and we actually started talking with a couple of these. And we ended up uh, selling mm. our practice to. How many TSO. partners were at the time? At the time, we had three. Okay. And we had uh, two associates. So now we have three. There, uh, we have six endodontists in our in our practice in our group, and uh, five of the six are partners now mm. in this company. So. Um when did you guys sell? We sold about year? Uh, a couple of years ago.
0: So during COVID. Yeah. Wow. Close. Yeah. So uh I'm guessing that you guys were thinking about well what's what's the end game mm-hmm. here, right? Mm-hmm. So that was probably a big part of it. Yeah. And uh when you guys were vetting out the companies that were interested in purchasing, purchasing you guys, what did that process look like? What were you looking for and
1: you know, it, it was, um, dentistry is a phenomenal career choice. It really is. For those that are cut out to be a dentist, it's awesome. I, I am grateful that I chose to be in dentistry versus medicine. I really am. Yeah. Um, however, that being said, you know, there's a business aspect to this as well. And they don't teach you that much of business in dental school. They just, you just don't do that. So that makes it very difficult. And we found that as we continue to practice, so compliance with OSHA, compliance with HIPAA, compliance with all of these things, ordering, doing payroll, you know, and then we had to, uh, if we had to defend some things with the boards and all, I mean, there's just a lot of things involved in the business. Yeah that this DSO took care of. And uh, it's been a great fit because, you know, if you ask every dentist that comes, that you come across, if you ask them, Hey, you know, what would you, what would be your dream job? They say, they would probably say, all I want to do is do the dentistry. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. all I want to do. And that's all I have to do now because they take care of everything else. That's a no brainer. So you gave up the autonomy, yes, for the ability to focus on what you love. The good thing about that autonomy is we still are able to do what we do, because this company recognized, hey, you guys are, you you did not become cornerstone by other people. So for us to make changes to that, that's crazy. He says, "You do what you do because that's how you got to be where you're at today." Mm. So they gave us total control of the autonomy that we have. Uh, So that that made it nice. Mm. They just take care of all the stuff that uh, you know, the The headache stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the all the how the sausage is made. We don't (laughs) have
0: to deal with that anymore. Oh my goodness! What truth is that? I, there's so many cases with that, not just mm-hmm. with dentistry, but even doc, just physicians, et cetera, et mm-hmm. cetera. And uh, when you are going to school, you're like, "Oh, I want to, I want to have my own dentist, my own uh, practice." Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think about, "Oh, I'm going to show up, I'm going to do that, you know, <laughs> see the <laughs> patients and all that." Yeah. But then the uh, the reality hits, and it's, "Oh, I got to also make sure that the front desk is staffed. I have to make sure that the phone mm-hmm. is getting mm-hmm. answered." Uh, insurance is getting taken care of because most people are probably going to try to use that. And then all, and then all, here's the other one is managing your staff. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother oh, yeah. uh, animal that you have to yes. tame. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I think it's a really good situation if you can find people or an organization who love doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you said it earlier of you've, you got to find what you really love doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, And even if it's maybe later on you do that, like right now, you might have to do things you don't want to do to get Mm -hmm. there and sacrifice. But I think that is really the sweet spot because that's God's gift to us. Or that's how God wired us Mm -hmm. of if you enjoy doing it, you're going to go 300%. Mm-hmm. but if you don't enjoy doing it, you could probably barely get to 50 yeah sure. <laughs> and that's probably the business and the yeah. the billing and all that stuff it really is so uh what about here's my question is do you mm-hmm. guys have any conflict or do you have any situations where you guys want to have more of a biblical you know Christian culture but mm. then the organization's maybe not so much
1: there yeah, so it's it's hard because um you know we have prayer every day mm we do. Uh, we start our day with prayer at every location who's in this prayer um just we we take uh, uh like uh, one of the doctors right now is uh pregnant so every day when i when i lead prayer i'm praying for the doctor and bless her and the baby with a great day mm. you know that kind of thing is it just the doctors or do you have all other everyone stuff? all the people that are available i mean we're busy starting at 7:45 we're hitting the ro- oh hitting the phones, all of that. The phone starts ringing, so it, it's pretty pretty like clockwork. Um, so we have our morning prayer usually at about seven forty five. Mm, yeah, and I'm guessing I mean some of the staff are not right Christian. So we gave them the option. We yeah. give them the option. Hey, we uh, when we hire folks, we say we start every day with prayer. You're welcome. It's optional. If you want to join us, you're more than welcome to. If you don't, we're not forcing this. And, uh, you know, people come and go as they want to. So, what's been interesting, though, is uh, we'll have uh, some of our assistants that aren't saved, that don't know the Lord, they'll come in with a uh, prayer request.
0: I've heard that many times, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. If, if, if there's not a belief there, then why are you bringing the prayer request? Right, right, right. But then it
1: really reveals that maybe deep down there's something there. They're seeking, yeah, absolutely. So you know, I my approach to staff has changed quite a bit. When I first started, I was nothing but truth, 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 truth. I would just pound the table with the Bible, and I found myself inflicting the love of Christ versus sharing it. Mm, right and mm, that was something mm -hmm. that god really changed my approach to that so now i temper the truth with grace yes right so now it's it's different um you know we we've had some assistants that struggle with that and uh they're still there though and now uh you know By the mercy of God, they realize that I have changed my approach. And instead of me just, you know, uh, just pointing out some things, uh, what the Bible says about this or that, you know, I don't do that anymore, not as often, Mm. but when they do come to me and they're saying, hey, you know, for instance, a couple years ago, there was an assistant that came. She said, Dr. Kim... I have a lump on my tongue. The oral surgeon doesn't know what it is. He wants to do a biopsy immediately. She she was just weeping. She started crying. She says, what if it's cancer? And I said, okay, let's just focus in on what we know. Hmm. And I just went through that with her. I said, we don't know what it is. You're in great hands with the oral surgeon that we sent you to. They're doing a pathology. We're catching it early. It's not that big. You know, let's just focus in on that and let's pray. So I prayed with her, and then they got the pathology report back. It wasn't cancer. Okay. Mm. But it was an exercise for me to be able to show my Christ likeness to a staff member that wasn't saved. And, you know, I think she realizes, hey, he cares about me. I don't think any anywhere else I would work would where I would have a boss that would do something like that. And I called her and I said, hey, are you doing okay? You know, that kind of thing. During that interim time of waiting, yeah, you know, I was able to... God really used that in her life. Uh, you know, I don't think she's a believer, but I believe that the uh, needle moved a little bit mm. for his
0: kingdom. I think you uh, hit it on the head there of how... Um We should be sharing the faith. I think yeah. it starts with Christ likeness mm-hmm. and really reflecting Christ, mm-hmm. right and uh, if if they ask, then we speak the truth. Mm-hmm. But to speak the truth without any sort of relationship right. that's been built, it's like mm-hmm. you're just uh, falling on deaf ears. Yeah. yeah that relationship is built when we are uh, acting like Christ. Mm-hmm. Like who doesn't want to be friends with Christ? Right. Goodness, mm-hmm. right? Anybody would. If you're an mm-hmm. atheist, or who, I mean, he's the yes. the ultimate human being, mm-hmm. <laughs> the the best one ever and mm-hmm. forever. Uh, any other examples that you might have of how you're integrating your faith in the workplace? You're doing prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were doing a little bit of Bible thumping. Kind of yeah, come, came I was. back on
1: that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that uh, a lot of A lot of uh, our staff, um, single moms, you know, or they've come from um, really um, struggles with their uh, upbringing, you know, uh, a lot of young, young, young ladies. And, uh, you know, that's where it's so important to um, just be at a different level in how you interact with them, how you uh, just uh, respect them, right? And it's uh, uh, and being a believer has really helped with that. So when they're sick, we'll pray for them. Uh, we'll ask them, "Hey, how are you feeling today? You doing mm-hmm. okay?" You know, there's a certain amount of trust when you walk into that operatory with the patient and your assistant is there. You trust that they know what you're going to do. There's just all these instinctual things that you you get, but that's cultivated over time. Well, I believe that relationship is also cultivated as well, outside of the operatory. And so when we have Christmas parties, we have them every year. We give out our Christmas bonus checks, but yet it's also usually pretty It's dry. They know that the doctors are not going to spring for alcohol mm. because it's our... Our desire that hey we don't do that mm. we'll get tea and we'll get coke and we'll get water and all the lemonade whatever Arnold Palmer's but it's not <laughs> alcohol okay. so what they usually do is after the party they'll have their own after party <laughs> hey, with it and that's, that's their, okay that's their choice that's their choice right? yeah. yeah
0: um you have any scripture verses that guide you in your personal life you know professional what life, professional life oh
1: gosh you know I I I I think it was. One of these where just being found faithful to what God has given. You know, um, every day I'm grateful for uh, the practice that I'm able to uh, go to, um, the gifts that he has gifted me through my hands and my mind. Mm -hmm. So I have the didactic background, but yet it translates to how I Access the tooth and do the root canal um grateful for that so i i no i I don't really have a verse uh it's just um I think just standing on truth and just loving people as Christ has loved you, and also just um the gift that he gives you through his son is something that oh, uh, it's unbelievable.
0: Mm. How often do, uh, are you in Scripture throughout the week?
1: Um, so every morning I try to uh, have my devotions. I, I'm an early riser. So I, I um, so a lot of the guys, so I'll send texts to various groups of guys. Uh, so I'll read through Scripture. So I'll read through, uh, we had a marriage conference earlier on, And they were going through some essential scriptures for husbands, for men. Uh, And it was just, and I'm just cycling through that every morning. Mm. So I'll text my wife. I'll text my sons. I'll I'll text my daughter-in-law now, my new daughter-in-law. And then I will um, text some scriptures to some folks that are, Um, struggling with cancer right now. Mm. I I know of three of them right now. One of them just just went home to be with the Lord. Mm. Um, So there are three uh, of them that I just encourage on a daily basis. Then we have several groups of guys that um, I uh, participate with socially and through ministry, and we're just uh, sending out those scriptures Mm. every day.
0: Uh, so you and your wife decided to adopt a Korean yes. boy. Mm-hmm. And uh want to get into that story a little bit.
1: Yeah, so um, I was resistant to adoption for the longest time uh, because uh, my brother-in-law is adopted, and he treated my in-laws very, very badly. And I just didn't want to deal with that. I was like... You know, as the spiritual leader of the home, uh, just bringing in that kind of influence, I, I just wanted to avoid that. But I quickly realized through friends that have adopted that that's not necessarily the case. Hard kids are going to be hard regardless of whether or not you had them biologically or you adopted them. I mean, They're going mean, to be that. hard, right? Yep, yeah, yeah. So, you know, after uh, faithful prayers— of 14 years, uh, God changed my heart, and my wife came up to me. Pam came up to me, and she said, "Hey, we we better do this if we're going to do this adoption thing, because uh, next year I'm going to be too old." Uh, the adoption agency had some parameters for age, and we we're on the the end of that. So she said, "Do you think that I can? We can fill out some paperwork." <laughs> and I said, "Sure." Let's do mm. it. And that's when she was like, oh, my gosh. What? Did wh- did you say yes? And I said, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. She says, okay. I wow. said, I'm busy with practice. I just need to be able to just sign stuff, and that's it. Yeah. I'll go to, like, the background checks. I'll do all of that. But as far as me running around and getting all this paper, she says, I'll take care of all of that. And she did. Mm. We filled out. A stack of papers that was at the time as thick of, as a yellow pages. Back in the day, I mean, it was a pile and she took care of all that. Mm. Every week, week and a half, she said, I need for you to sign this, sign this. We have to go to the notary. I mean, we had to do all this stuff, but she was on it. So I knew, all right, she's serious about this because, uh, yeah, it was, she was on top of that like uh, no one else. Those, was, so. was uh, Adopting a Korean uh, boy, was that on purpose? You know, it was, we wanted an international versus one that was domestic. Mm-hmm. And then we started to look into that. We were looking at uh, other other nationalities, but then I said, hey, there's a need in Korea. And there's a culture uh, in the Korean culture of, uh, you know, there's still a stigma of that. Uh, Noah's mother was 16 when she mm. had them, she was at a halfway house because she got kicked out because it was still a disgrace on the family to have a uh, an unwed, single mother-to-be. Mm-hmm. So she had to make arrangements, but God bless her. She chose not to abort the baby. She chose not to abort Noah. She had him. Mm. It's like we are grateful for that, and we will always be grateful for that.
0: Mm. So he's a student here with us. Yes, he is. Yeah. yeah. Is there a, do you know, uh, kind of a story behind how you guys decided to, or why, even why, why you decided yeah, to put I, it at I Koma? have to
1: tell you, uh, our oldest, uh, he went through a Taekwondo um, uh, place uh, other than Coma, mm-hmm. And uh, we noticed that um, immediately when we walked into this studio versus his studio, we um, This one was a lot more organized. You have a couple locations. I mean, you have done the due diligence in setting this thing up because we've been through a black belt uh, process at another studio, and it was not well run. It was unorganized. Mm. At least with here, everything is laid out. I mean, you have a black belt club available, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you that in and of itself is something that's very, very good to see. And uh, we knew from the first visit, our first, you know, complimentary session here, it was like, wow, okay, this is different, and uh, we're glad we made the switch. Awesome, we really are.
0: That's a, that's a, such a a blessing. So thank you for that. Yeah, Noah's awesome. Goodness, I remember that that boy. <laughs> he's got some energy. He does. I remember the first time I met him, he said, can I show you back, my backflip? <laughs> I said, how about not in front of the other students? Cause then they're going to want to do it and yeah. they might hurt themselves. Yeah. How about we do it on a different time? But yeah. wow, that
1: boy's energy is just, you amazing. know, and I'm grateful for coma because, uh, he is, he struggled with that. Um, you know, uh, the usual uh, direction with boys his age, yeah. put him in a sport, put him out on a team or do something like that. Well, he's not really, that's not his niche. But here, oh my gosh, it is like every day he talks about TKD. That's mm. what he does. And he's like, dad, you want to see my form? I learned this today in class and he's just showing me and you can tell that this is resonating in him. And it's just the 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 call to discipline, the call to be better than oneself every day. Just beating yesterday, it's evident and it's good. Mm. And it's like ah, so we're excited. I don't know where this is going to take him, but uh, get your popcorn ready. It's <laughs> it's going to be a ride. He is excited. I told so him I, I'm like.
0: You you're gonna be one of our instructors. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. You already got the Korean thing going on. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I'll tell you, he he would consider that a privilege because he is just he sees this and he's like, Dad, I want to be a part of this. Mm. And it's like it's good to see that.
0: Excellent. Really Thank is. you for sharing that. Sure. Um as we wrap this
1: up, how could our listeners learn more about Cornerstone Anodonics? Yeah, so you can look us up on our uh webpage. We do have a webpage available. Um, and feel free to reach out. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the best place. Uh, we have our mission statement there. We also yep. have our philosophy on how we practice endodontics. Uh, so that is one of those things where you would get an insight in uh, how we practice and why we practice mm. the way that we do. So if you're having an issue that you might need a root canal, (laughs) make sure you
0: reach out to Dr. Kim. He'll he'll take care of you. We'll put the link on our website. Dr. Kim, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.